good morning. And I am very pleased to be here this morning. First, I would like to thank Kristen Pierce for very quickly at the last minute putting together some slides uh, concerning the verses of Scripture that I'll refer to this morning. Didn't quite have enough time to put together a whole outline, and, uh, but we at least got that for us. Uh, Pastor Keith is at home very ill with uh, kidney stones. So if, you, if you've never had kidney stones, you need to. <laughs> Everybody needs to have that experience at least once in their life. Uh, my last experience is I had five at one time, and after a three-hour surgery, I was in the hospital a couple of days, and, and I just don't want that to ever happen again. And uh, poor Keith, this is his second round recently. So let's, we will lift him up in prayer today that he will, he'll be healed from this and be able to be back in the pulpit and back at work very quickly. All right. Today, uh, I've chosen the message title, Winning the War Within. It's, it's really uh, a message about dealing with temptation, trials, struggles, troubles, how to deal with that. The thing about it, as I began to prepare for this message yesterday and get it ready for today, is the good thing about a sermon like this is that it applies to everyone in the room. All of us. Not one of us escapes dealing with temptation, going through trials or struggles or issues in our life. We're just simply going, that's just simply going to happen in our life. So when I say the word temptation, or when you hear the word temptation, what flashes to your mind? Well, hold on to that for just a second. Because whatever flashes to your mind this morning is what I would like you to hold on to and hang on to as we deal with this subject today. Choose one temptation that applies to this, and you can apply the principles of the study that we're going to go through to that today. And here's the deal. The application of this, the applying this to the temptation that's come to your mind is that when we see God at work in our life to liberate us from that temptation then it motivates us and it gives us courage to face the next trial or temptation because it never goes away. It's always there. There's always going to be something that we're walking through. There's always going to be some form of deep water. And if it doesn't happen, God's going to see that it does. Do you hear me? If you're not going through something right now, God's going to see to it that you do. Uh, we don't escape that. It's part of our growing into the likeness of Christ. In particular, it's, it's part of us growing into the very image of Jesus Christ, which takes a lifetime for us. He wants to give us victory over it. And temptation can come in all forms, all shapes, all sizes. And if we were to make a list, it would be, it would be very lengthy. There would be thousands of temptations that you and I might face. Many of them might be similar or the exact same thing, but there are many, many forms of temptation. Worry is a form of temptation. Something hits you, and you just worry about it. There are some of those who feel like they're professional worriers. They need to worry not just for themselves, but everybody else that comes along. Uh, they, they like to kind of worry. That's their thing. And they're tempted to worry rather than go to the source of getting it corrected. Uh, pride, lust, 
food. We just could go on and on about what those may be, but whatever it is in your life, I want you to think about that today. You may be saying, well, I've tried and I've failed, and I just don't want to go there again. Why frustrate myself over and over with trying to get this fixed in my life? And the truth is, there are several reasons why we need to deal with these struggles in our life. Several reasons. First of all, I find this, the years of being a counselor, I found, I found this, is that we, tempt, we attempt to deal with our temptations and our sins in the flesh, ourselves. We say, it's not that big, I can handle it. It's not, you know, it's not that big of a deal right now. I can, I can deal with that myself instead of going to God, to going to the work of Christ on the cross to take care of those sin debts. We tend to deal with it ourselves. We've kind of got to get past that. Uh, there are several reasons why we should take the struggle on again. One of those is, first, a defeating habit will rob you of your confidence in God. Satan will see to it, Okay. If you have a defeating habit, you'll say, well, maybe God just doesn't care. You know, maybe he's just not there. And, but it will rob you of a defeating of your confidence in God uh, that gives you victory over that temptation or over that sin. Second, you'll be hesitant to offer Christ as an answer to those who are a bit struggling with a sin issue. Okay, it makes you hesitant. You just say, hey, look at me. I'm not really capable. Look, I'm in the same kind of boat. How in the world can I share with this person who's going through similar things as well? And thirdly is that a sinful habit in your life may, in, may destroy your incentive to share Christ, period. Because you're saying, you know what? I just feel like a hypocrite. I can't share Christ because I, I feel like a hypocrite. I, I'm living in some of the same temptations and struggles as they are, and I just don't feel like I can do it. An immediate result of us being freed from the controlling habits of sin is the desire for us to share the power of God and the power of the experience of being freed from that situation. Because Satan wants to keep each one of us in bondage. And there's lots of ways that he does that. He wants to, he's like a bully, okay? He's like a bully. He wants to take your lunch money. He wants to pin you up against the locker. He wants to hear whispers back in the workroom about you. He wants to send you that uh, irritating email. He, he wants to make sure that you stay in bondage to him as he whispers lies into your head. So Satan wants to control you instead of you saying, you know, God has freed me from that, and I just want to share with you how that took place. And every time that that does happen, we have the opportunity because God will see to it that he'll place somebody in our path that we can share that experience. Uh, and it may not be a sin experience. It may just be a trial. It may be some kind of something else. Let me give you an example. I worked with a gentleman for several years. Uh, he's a world evangelist. Uh, we, we traveled to... Much of the world, Russia, Poland, England, South America, Australia. We traveled to much of the world. And one time when he was preaching in Scotland, his wife had a brain tumor. 
And uh, she called me up and she said, Johnny, I've got to go to the hospital in Houston. They've got to deal with this brain tumor right now. Can you get in touch with Michael? He's in, in Scotland and uh, if you could meet him down here. So she has this surgery to remove the brain tumor and it was very, very difficult. The healing time was very difficult. And uh, she, uh, she got through it. She started suffering some small seizures. Those began to go away through the years. But here's what she found out after just a little while. She started getting phone calls from around the world because of their travels, because of people knowing who they were. She started getting phone calls from people, and they're saying, Jan, I know that you have had this. I've just been diagnosed with a brain tumor. It scares me to death. What can you share with me? So over and over, she was able to share with her, well, this is how I got through it. God got me through it through, with this, and I can share that positive note with you. It gives us the opportunity to do that. And if you're like me, one thing that I pray on a, since retirement, especially, especially, I say, Lord, I don't know what today holds. I don't have a clue who I'm going to run into. But you do. Holy Spirit, keep me sensitive today so that when I run into that person, I will know what to say. And you know what happens? Every day. <laughs> Every day I run into that person or persons and I'm able to share some truth from the gospel as the Holy Spirit prompts me to do that. So, choosing not to deal with the issues of our life the temptations, trials, struggles with our life. It, it leads to several things. It leads, first of all, to a hard heart or a cold heart, the insensitivity to the needs of others. It leads to that. Number two, it leads to what's called strongholds. Let me tell you what a stronghold is. The Bible, and especially in the New Testament, talks about strongholds. A stronghold is this. A stronghold is any time you exchange truth for a lie. Okay? If you exchange a truth for a lie, that lie that Satan is whispering into your ear, and you'll say, I'll receive that, any time that happens, a stronghold in your life develops. And those are the strongholds that the Scripture calls iniquities. And what happens is this. It says the iniquities of the father are passed on to the third and fourth generations. It also says that several times in the Old Testament. Then again, it says certain iniquities can be passed on to the tenth generation. So strongholds develop in your life uh, as well. The, other thir the third thing is this. It quenches the work of the Holy Spirit in our life if we allow it. If we allow it, it does those three things. Get you a hard heart. Possibility of a stronghold, quenching the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. Okay, the first verse of Scripture is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 22. You'll see it on the screen there. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. It says this. It says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. Let me stop for there just a second. If you're going through issues in your life, probably the last thing you're going to want to do is rejoice, is to give thanks. But I want to encourage you to do something. Practice that. If you find yourself going through some kind of situation in our home, we have been practicing this during some very difficult days of saying, you know what? This is a tough situation, but 
Father, I give you thanks in this because I've got a dear friend over here who's going through ten times what I'm going through. They're struggling with this. Lord, I, this is something that you're going to get me through. Would you get them through that as well? So uh, we, can look, we can look at it like that. Rejoice always. Give thanks always. Pray without ceasing. Pray constantly, continually. Be in prayer before the Lord in everything. What does that mean? It means in every situation, give thanks. What's the will of God the Father in Christ Jesus for you? Do not do what? Quench the Holy Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Yeah, test those things. See if they're good. See if they're bad. And as you test them when you find out, then be obedient to get on the good side of it. Uh, then it says this. It says, abstain from every form of evil. Is that on there? Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Then it goes on. So I'll just tell you, it's not on the board. It says this. It says, abstain from every form of evil. What that means, if you trace it back to the original language, it says this. Run from it. If you're facing an evil, don't just stand there like this. Say, I'm going to face it. No, get out of there. <laughs> Run from it. Don't hang around it. Get out of the room. Do something else. Know when you're facing it and get away from it. Abstain from every form of evil. Uh, if this process, which is following our own sinful desires, if we follow our own sinful desires, that means we have chosen our will. As God has created us, as I've preached this before, as God has created us, body, soul, and spirit, our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. So God has given us a will, and that will allows us to do what? To choose. All right? So we get to choose. Uh, we get to choose what we're going to do with it. Are we going to choose to follow these sinful desires? God will ultimately do this. If we do that over and over, it's called a, Scripture calls it a, a besetting sin, okay? And which is the sin which leads to iniquity. There's, iniquity is sin, but there is a difference between the two. And the one sin leads to another and another and another. The problem is, if we continue to live with that besetting sin, sometimes God will turn us over to it. There are people in your family, there are people that you know, that God has turned them over to their besetting sin. And it's, it's for their destruction, so that they will turn and come back. The perfect example of this is the parable of the uh, a prodigal son. The prodigal son who went to the father and said, Father, give me my portion of the wealth, which was half of what the, the older brother was to get. And he said, I will go. And he went into the what? The far country. And there, what did he do? He wasted all of it. He spent all of it until he was in the dregs of things, feeding pigs. No Jewish boy is going to feed the pigs. But he was feeding the pigs, and he said, and I longed to eat for what the pigs were eating. And then it said he did this. It said he came to his senses. And many times God will allow us to get to the dregs so that we will come to our senses. And the prodigal said this, oh, 
I will get up from where I am. I will go to my father, and I will say to my father. And that's what he did. Uh, and in a situation like that, that's where we are too, uh, as God may turn us over to our own desires. In counseling, I discover this. One small sin undealt with always blossoms into a major issue. An undealt with small sin will turn into a bigger sin. And don't, don't set yourself up for sin. If you know there's a situation that will set you up for sin, uh, in fact, if you say, if I go here, I'm going to be tempted to do this, or if I do that, I'm going to be tempted to do that, then don't go there. Okay? That's, you know, this is how I look at it, and this is how we teach our kids. We say, well, don't go there. Well, are you going to eat? Well, it could be. No, then don't go. That way you're not tempted. You don't face it. And by, you, by the way, you have made a wise choice. The best thing we've taught our children through, all of them raised, being raised up, gone, having their own kids now, is this. In their life, these two things, that they need to make wise decisions and understand their security in Christ. Make wise decisions. In fact, Debbie would always say the same things when they would leave the house for whatever reason they'd leave the house. She'd say, now be, make wise decisions tonight. Okay, be wise, be smart. Uh, so make wise decisions. Uh, don't allow yourself to be set up for sin. Just don't allow it. James says, in the book of James, it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. A reminder that the word resist there is written in the plural, so it means this. Resist, resist, continue to resist. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The scripture also tells us to run from it. It tells us to avoid it. It tells us to stay away from it. And it tells us to do this, especially young people. It tells us to say no. It's okay to say, nope, not going to do that. As an adult, many of us will say no because we'll do this. We'll say, ooh, I've been there before, not going to do it. I've done that, I'm not going there again. The answer is no. Uh, and it's good. it's good. It's good to say no. It emboldens you, and, and it gives you an act of obedience to following what Christ wants for your life. A besetting sin, by the way, always does this. It always results in some form of death, it, of death of some kind. James 1, 14 through 16 says this. But each one is tempted when he is carried away. Let me address the carried away there. That is, uh, in the Greek, it's, it's wild game being lured in. Okay? So, each one is tempted when he is lured in, carried away, and enticed by his own lust or his own temptations. Then, therefore, when lust has conceived or temptation has conceived what does it do it gives birth to sin so when you see it when the when it is conceived then it gives birth to sin and when sin is accomplished it brings forth death do not be deceived my beloved brethren well, Paul never mences words, does he? And one reason he doesn't mince words is because Paul walked through it. 
He is talking to you and me 2,000 years later because of his own experience. He had already walked through it. The equation here that James gives us is simply this. Temptation plus sin equals death. Temptation plus sin equals death of some kind. Now here's the excuse that we hear. Uh, I'm just human, and besides, no one is perfect. You know what? That is absolutely the truth. We're just human, and nobody's perfect. Well, duh. You know, <laughs> yeah, you, that's, that's a true statement. But how does that give us the excuse? Okay? I'm just human, and besides, nobody's perfect. The problem with that statement really is this. It confuses present character with the possibility of potential behavior. Okay? Uh, here's another one. I, I remember this is kind of a teenage thing. Uh, probably young adult as well. But it says, everyone says there's nothing wrong with this. Everyone, everyone, well, maybe two people or three people, but it's everyone says there's simply nothing wrong with blank and fill in the blank. So we do it because everyone, usually two or three people who are wanting to get us involved in something to get in trouble with, uh, wants us to get on their team with it. Uh, those become nothing more than excuses. In a discussion on temptation, character is really never the issue person's character is really never the issue with a believer that is the issue at any given time is that a believer always has the potential to do the right thing okay we all as believers because of Christ in us the hope of glory a pastor preached on this I believe last week Christ in us the hope of glory we all have the ability to choose to do the right thing. Whenever troubles, trials, temptations face us, we can say, no, we can say, I'm going to run. Then we can say, I'm avoiding that. But we have that right. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this. It says, no temptation. Listen to that. No temptation has overtaken you to accept that which is common. What he's saying here, he says, you're not going to face a temptation that thousands and thousands and tens of thousands have not already faced. And that which is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted, listen, beyond what you are able to stand. God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to stand or to be troubled or tried beyond what you're able. But with the temptation, he will also, listen to this great verse of Scripture, he will make a way of escape. Mark that down. He will make a, when you're faced with it, he will make a way of escape. Do we take the escape route? That you will be able to bear it. So knowing that every one of us is going to be facing temptation, troubles, trials, situation, issues in our life, we're going to know that God is going to make a way for us. And he's going to make a way for us so that when it comes up, we get to make the choice, I'm not going to do that. It's like, you know, I just choose not to go there. I, I choose to do something else instead. Uh, 
you know, to point to your character or to point to a weak character as an excuse, uh, it just doesn't hold any weight with God. Never. It doesn't hold any weight at all. Character may affect your desire, but not your ability to overcome a temptation. Okay, you, did you hear that? It may, character may affect your desire, but it doesn't affect your ability to overcome a temptation. Well, if you're ready to change all of that, I've got three minutes to tell you 20 minutes worth of stuff. Uh, uh, let's, I'll make it quick. Uh, since, tempta- uh, since temptation will continue to harass you, it is really wor- is it really worth the struggle? Is it really worth the struggle? The answer to that is absolutely it's worth the struggle. In the process of the struggle with sin, both in victory and in defeat, we forget this, that God is at work. God is at work in your life in victory. God is at work in your life in defeat in your life because he wants to grow us up into the likeness of Christ. Christ himself did what? Faced temptation and overcame it. It was without sin. Therefore was able to be the perfect sacrifice for you and for me on the cross. Uh, here's, here's the process. Uh, in fact, God has not forsaken us, Okay. God has not forsaken us. We may get into a sin situation and feel like, oh, God, you just, you've left me out here to hang by myself. No, he's left you out there to make a choice that he's already taught you to make. And by the way, you don't have to sit there and say, mm, I wonder what to do. No, as a believer, the Holy Spirit working in you will let you know quickly. Okay? So he develops in us certain things. He develops patience. Number one, he develops patience in us. Many of us want something now. We want it right now. But he'll develop patience. He'll also, with that, develop endurance that we might be able to endure endure in the long term if we go through troubles or trials or situations. Uh, I've I've told you all more than once about my four years' worth of nonstop migraines. Uh, you, You learn to endure it, okay? There's a part of it that's endurance. And then you don't blame God for it. You just say, uh, you're allowing this for a reason. And, you know, and the reason I have been able to share it with literally thousands of folks as a blessing. And it develops in us a sensitivity for others. Because all of a sudden we see other people like us. We say, gosh, I'm sensitive to that. I, I know what you're struggling with. I know what's going on. I know the trial that you went through. You know, I've, so it allows us to remain sensitive to the needs of others as well and also to trust in the sufficiency of Christ. <clears throat> James 1, 2 and 4 through 4 says this, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, troubles, temptations, knowing that the testing or the proving of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work in you, that you may be perfect. The word perfect there really is the word uh, better interpreted, mature. That you may be mature and complete, that you will lack nothing. You go through the trouble, your faith produces patience in your life. Patience has a perfect result. Paul understood full well. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was stoned and uh, carried outside the town as uh, thought as dead. He was put in prison. 
Paul, you know, he faced all these things. So it was not uncommon for Paul to say, I know exactly what you're going through. Been there, done that. Uh, but he was able to get through it. And when he did, he wrote the church at Corinth. And when he wrote the church at Corinth, he said this in chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians 9 through 10. And he said to me, my grace is enough. My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, I am strong. The weaker the human vessel, the light of grace shines through that vessel more clearly. God's grace can be seen more clearly through that weak human vessel. Combating temptation is God's means of maturing us, God's means of conforming us into that image of Christ that uh, uh, we grow through times of temptation. By the way, being tempted is not sin. Okay? Now, Satan may like, like for you to think that, being tempted is not sin. Succumbing to temptation is sin. But just the temptation itself is not sin. Only when we succumb to it. Uh, so, as long as we stand against temptation, even if we fall momentarily, God will use the struggle to make us into the men, the women, the boys, the girls that he chooses for us to be, that he wants us to be. Uh, you may be thinking, well, that kind of sounds extreme. The problem I'm dealing with is not really that big. And I, I would say to you this. We are all wise to deal with the small trials, troubles, and temptations right now before they take root in our life and become big problems. Little habits turn into big ones, and oftentimes they turn into big ones very quickly. Uh, lives, marriages, families, friendships, businesses can be destroyed because someone thought that the temptation was just not that big a deal. Hear that? Many things are destroyed. Death occurs in lives, families, businesses, relationships because you say, this this trial, trouble, temptation, it's just not that big a deal. Because it can quickly grow into a very, very big deal. We have to be willing to take advantage of it. I'm going to close with this. Uh, saw a bumper sticker. Bumper sticker read, Lead me not into temptation. I can find it myself. Uh, you know, that's, 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 really, that's really, really true. James chapter 1 and verse 12, and I've read a lot from uh, the little epistle of James today. It says, Blessed is, is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, that, the word proved there means this. It means he passes the test with his faith intact. 
So, when he passes the test with his faith intact, he will receive a crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So, if I can, I'd like to wrap it up uh, by saying this. Number one, we're all going to face, all of us, and it won't happen just once. It will happen many times. Face trials, troubles, temptations through our lives. It's just going to happen. The question is, well, how do we face it? We can't face it all on our own thinking we can do it ourselves. We have to lean into God, His Word, and to trust Jesus, who Christ in us, the hope of glory, to lead us out of it. And then we have to purposefully, within ourselves, say, Lord, you have directed me here, and I choose to go your direction. I choose not to go this direction, and I will not allow myself to be set up to follow a sinful path. Okay? And then what happens? God blesses our obedience. If we're obedient to follow God's command of baptism, there's a blessing that comes with that. If we're obedient to do anything that God tells us to do, He blesses that. And when we're in our prayer time, and we're in prayer together, and husbands and wife, and Debbie and I can tell you this, there have been times when God's uh, prompted us to pray uh, and fast over a situation. And when we have done that together, always, no exception, we come back after the time of fasting and praying, and God has told us exactly the same thing. And we say, and some of us, you say, don't know how that's going to work, but Lord, okay, let's go, and we'll do it, and He will bless it. Isn't that right, sweetheart? Over, over, and over again in some miraculous ways. We were international evangelism for, for five years, and, it, and we came to a point where uh, we felt impressed to go back into the local church on church staff. It was just that time to do it, and we said, Lord, we've, we, we, we're ready to do it. You'll open a door. We'll, we'll walk through it. Lord, what do we need to do? We pr pray, we prayed, and, and the strangest thing, the Lord said, sell your dually truck and your 35-foot trailer. I said, oh, man, this, the, the, the climate is terrible. The, you know, the, we're, we're kind of in a hole right now with everybody is with, with what, what's going on. And we said, okay, we'll do it. That day, we, live, we lived out in the country. That day, somebody came and knocked on our door. And I said, hey, how are you doing? He said, I'm doing good. He said, I was wondering if you might be interested in selling that truck. And I said, I, I certainly am. Uh, as a matter of fact, I am, I am interested in selling it. I am going to sell it, but I need to sell the trailer too. And he said, okay, I'll take both. Well, do you think that just happened? Absolutely not. It didn't just happen. But it was just God saying, trust me. I am trustworthy. And when you get through some really tough situations in your life, you're going to discover what? You can still trust me. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. We thank you that you have loved us with a great love, and you've shown that through the person of the Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you that you choose to bless us and bless us again and again, especially as we act out of the will of obedience to those things that you have commanded us. 
So, Father, use us now. Use us uh, giving us wisdom beyond ourselves. We lack it, so we ask for it. And, Father, we pray also for those who are in the midst of deep, dark struggles, Father. In the room, all of us, it's full of that. Father, would you speak into our heart, dear Holy Spirit, as your children so that we would trust you and we're able to move to the other side of this. And likewise, then we grow to look more and more like the Lord Jesus. So we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.